Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Today we're going to be talking about separation anxiety and it's a topic which we've had lots and lots of people say that they're struggling with, haven't we? We have. So we just thought it would be good to do a podcast on it. Absolutely. (laughs) So you're going to start with some awful challenge that I'm not going to be able to answer. No. So it's that time of the podcast where we do a challenge, Bex. So you have... A 16-month-old. Okay. Okay. Who is really upset when you go to leave the room. If you, if they leave your side, they are getting really upset and really just needing to be with you all mm-hmm. the time. You have lots of well-meaning friends and family mm-hmm. who are saying to you, don't worry about it. Just leave them. They'll be fine. They'll get over it. Okay. How are you going to respond? What's your kind of feeling on that? And what's your response to them? And what's your response to the little one? Okay, so this is actually something that happened to me when the twins were younger. Um, not so much with Ben, but with Amy, she really, really struggled with separation anxiety, as I now know. Mm-hmm. However... In the same way that you have described, um, there were lots of, in inverted commas, well-meaning people that said, well, she needs to learn. She needs to learn that she can't always have you and that you have got to go places sometimes. And so therefore, I'll have her. You go and do what you need to do. Don't worry about it. Don't look back or just go. Go quickly. That was the other thing. Go quickly so she doesn't see you. Like, come on, let's, let, I'll, I'll look after her. I'll entertain her and then you go quickly and, you know, it'll be fine. Um, now, as I'm sure you will expect, this obviously didn't work. And in fact, I would say, and this is probably a little bit out there, but I would say that it probably has affected her in terms of her security within herself still now I would say she probably um although you know we've brought it back a little bit but um I think that anybody who thinks that that's a really good idea I wouldn't say that it is a really good idea however at the time it made sense Mm -hmm. as a bit like we do have to be left alone she's got to go to nursery I've got to go to work um I've got to go out sometimes I have to go to the toilet, you know, I have to go and have a shower. So there are times that she's going to have to be left alone. Um, So I was a bit like, well, actually, yeah. However, of course, I didn't know that it was a phase and that it wouldn't, because what they kept saying was, you're going to make a rod for your own back. (laughs) She'll never want to leave you. You'll have to hold her forever kind of thing. And, you know, much as I'd love to have held her for the rest of my life, to be honest, really, I did not want to set that up. You know, mm-hmm. that was like, no, I really don't want to have to set that up. So I did actually do that. And I really did. And she really broke her heart. 
And it was awful and it was awful as a parent to experience that and it obviously, knowing what I know now, was pretty tough for her too. Mm-hmm. So I think now I would say to them, I completely understand what you're saying and yes, it is a skill that she has to learn. However, I know that this is a time when she could be experiencing separation anxiety, which is a normal developmental phase and as much as I possibly can, I'm going to keep her close to me at this stage. Obviously, if it goes on past, you know, I don't know really what age, but anyway, you'll be able to help me with that later. (laughs) Um, If it goes on past a certain stage or it goes on too long or it starts to get a problem, then I know that perhaps it's something else that I then need to address. So that's what I do. But I think it would be quite hard because there are people who have been through it and think that that is the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and I have to just go back a little bit to say I said that it still affects her now I think that there are lots of things you know that have affected the way that you know people are and it Mm -hmm. isn't necessarily because I did that but I don't think that it really helped hugely because it probably quite unsettled her Mm -hmm. at the time emotionally Mm -hmm. so I think you're going to have to help me a little bit in unpicking this because there's obviously a lot more that people need to know about separation anxiety. So maybe you could just start by telling everybody, including me, um, what separation anxiety is, maybe like what ages it goes from and to, and how you know if it's, Mm -hmm. if it is separation anxiety, why they're crying. Okay. Oh, wow. That was... Hmm? Lots of questions in one sentence. Right, so let's talk about separation anxiety and what it is. So first off, you got it absolutely right in your kind of answer that it is part of natural development. It's part of our child's emotional development and we see it in our children. And I think it's important to note here that some children do experience it possibly greater than others. Some children kind of go through their separation anxiety phases and you wouldn't necessarily really notice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And other children, you absolutely do notice. Now, this isn't a wrong or a right or there's a problem or anything like that. It's just how our children are and how each individual child, you know, goes through a stage of development. And so for separation anxiety, we can see it and normally we see it start around the ages around eight, nine months. Some people may see it a little bit earlier. Some people may see it a little bit later. Uh, again, it's all individual to the child. So we kind of say from six months onwards, but typically it's the eight, nine months. And that's where their first kind of understanding of how emotionally they feel. So their attachment to someone um, and that mainly comes about because of their object people permanence and their development in that. So explaining that bit. So what you typically might find is your little one prior to this stage, if you leave the room, they don't actually understand that you still exist. They're very much in a, in a world where what they can see exists and they know you're there and everything else. But when you leave it's kind of oh they haven't got the concept that you could be in the bathroom or you could be in the bedroom or you could be somewhere else so weird isn't it Mm. yeah 
but and again it's part of the brain development absolutely. yeah mm-hmm. and so around this kind of typically eight nine month mark what you will then see is they start to realize that even if you leave the room you still exist and so, oh, so like, that's why rather than so them thinking you're not existing means that they don't cry for you because you're not actually part of because that you're they, not they in can't that see moment. you. But right, as okay. soon as they start to realise that actually you've walked out the room, but I know you still exist. So where so are you? Where are you? Mm. And you need to come back to me. And one of the things that kind of indicates when that area is developing is we see it typically when they're in their high chair. And they drop things over the side of the high chair. Now, prior to getting this, you know, awareness, they might drop it over the side of their high chair. They don't even look. Mm. They just drop it. And you might pick it back up and it's a bit like, oh, here it is again. Um, But they're not looking for it. Now, when they start to develop this awareness, what you see is they drop it over the side of the high chair, but then they look for it. So they lean over the side of the high chair and can kind of see that it still exists. So, so then, that's a way of telling that they potentially are in yeah. that stage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can be things like they watch someone go out of the door and then they sit and watch the door because mm-hmm. they're waiting for that person to come back because they know they still exist. And when they come back, there's these big smiles and it's like, oh, here you are again. Whereas prior to that, they don't look for those things. They're just looking in their environment that they can see at mm-hmm. the time. So, if we're talking about that object people permanence and they suddenly realise that you can leave a room without them, mm-hmm. that's why going to the bathroom, that's why going to do anything can be really tricky because actually what they're saying is, take me with you. Yeah. And that comes back to our kind of primal brain. It comes back to our survival brain. You know, our children are really quite vulnerable Mm. and they rely on us for so much for food for shelter for warmth for sleep all of those things and so if we disappear Mm. they're going hold on my survival brain kicks in and goes a tiger might get me exactly i'm vulnerable (laughs) if i'm with you yeah i'm safer and that amazingly our brains are still in that in that whole thing of where we, you know, lived in caves and we hunted and, you know, there was a tiger around the corner type mm-hmm. scenario. You know, we've all still got that fight, flight, freeze response. We're still there. You know, you know, we still have that, even as adults. I was going to say, yeah, even yeah. as adults, you have that kind of yeah. adrenaline pump because you need it to get away, potentially, you do. don't you? And yeah. it, you know, it upregulates you it makes it's your survival mm-hmm. and so they're going through the so much they're kind of trying to process and so it's not probably a massive surprise that they're going to cry for us yeah and that they're going to cling to us everyone talks about that i can't even put them down like i'm even sat on the toilet and they're sat on my lap they have to be close well the closer they are mm-hmm. the safer they the safer are. they are mm. and then we can typically you know they may go through that phase and some like I said, you might not even notice. Some go through it and it can take a while to kind of settle back down. And then you, you know, the, you may see another kind of peak between the kind of 14 to 18 month mark. And that, again, if you look at development, is typically where they start to learn to walk. Mm. Yeah. And so actually there's a new vulnerability to that. They can get to things mm-hmm. and they can follow you. <laughs> And again, if you disappear, they're going to follow you and get to you. And again, they're still in that survival brain. And so 
And we can also see it go, you know, when we start the nursery, school, those sorts of things, it's that separation. Mm-hmm. And we can't underestimate how it feels to be separated from someone you love. Yeah. And it's a huge compliment in a lot of ways that they want to be as close to you as they are because they sh- clearly are showing you how much they love you. Yeah. And that they're, that emotional development of really understanding that they love you and they want to be with you um it might not feel like that for the adult but equally if if they don't do it then it doesn't mean that they that they love you any less than than a child that you know does they may just be you know developmentally they may go through that phase and they've you know they know you're there they are you know comfortable in knowing you're there that you come back and all Mm -hmm. of those things and some children just are more they're just different. They're just, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, like any a- area of it, some children just need a little bit more support in certain areas of development. Mm-hmm. And it sometimes separation anxiety requires a little bit more for some children than others. Yeah. So if somebody does say that to you, then mm-hmm. in the way that I was kind of, you know. And that happens but do you also think that that might happen a lot because potentially the people telling you didn't have a child that had separation anxiety or mm-hmm. and so therefore they're a bit like well this is ridiculous they mm-hmm. should just be used to it my child never did this yeah. and and that's the problem because I know that I remember going to like play groups and things like that and watching other people you know their children quite happy to go off and play and mine would just be sitting with me and it'd be like oh come on because then you kind of feel that they're missing out but actually really what they need is that emotional strength from me Mm -hmm. in order to be able to then learn that it's okay to leave me and eventually you're you're their safe base basically Mm. you're that person who's going to provide that safety and security and them sitting next to you helps regulate them. Mm-hmm. Because what's possibly happening is your little one just needs to sit and watch. Yeah. And what we do as adults go, no, 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 we've come to this. There's loads of toys. Of course you want to go and play. This is like, why wouldn't you? One of the things I think about is if you go to a party as an adult. Now, how many people feel comfortable going to a party on their own oh well i would die rather than go to no no, i would not like it either so you instantly go are you coming with me but even if you go go with someone yeah you don't want to be and then what do you do you stick together together. you look for chairs so that you sit next to each other you look at a place where you might not have to talk to people you don't know because Mm -hmm. actually you know why would you you know what you and i like on networking yeah if we have to go to a networking event, it's probably pointless for us because... Eat the food and talk to each other. <laughs> network with each other, yeah. <laughs> because we find it, surprisingly, for some of you listening, probably think that's... But we do find it quite hard, don't we? Yeah, to... definitely. Now, why is going to a playgroup or any of that any different to a networking event or going to a party? Or you go with your friends and you go to this party and then they go, oh, off you go. Yeah. We're going to sit here... Yeah, but you've got and to go, go off and, and talk to some other people. Yeah, you go and have yeah. a dance on your own. Yeah, <laughs> and but and and that's with a fully developed brain. Well, almost. Yeah, but yeah, it is, isn't it? it and whereas is. a child hasn't actually even got 
a, de- a brain that's developed to in order to know that actually they are going to come back. And also, remember, we're, we're helping them develop their logical brain. Mm-hmm. They're, they're working in their survival brain and their emotional brain. And so we're going, the logic is, I've gone to the bathroom and I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. But for a little while, how long do it going to take? You might go and not come back for days. Yes. I don't know that. I don't know that as a nine-month-old baby. I don't know that as an eighteen-month-old. And I still need you to feed me. Yeah. yeah. And I need and you. And I need to be close because how am I going to get my sleep? How how am I going to survive on my own? Yeah. On my own. Yeah. And you're going. I am literally just going to the bathroom. Yeah. And and don't you know? It is. Inc- it can be an incredibly challenging time. Yeah. For that. It's, I think, probably quite draining for mm. a lot of people because it feels such a lot that everything you want to do, even just the simple things, become quite hard because you have a little one who needs to be with you. So those people who are saying, oh, no, just leave them, they'll be fine, you know, and all those sorts of things, it's kind of saying to them, actually, could you just be here? Mm-hmm. Can you just, you know, having someone else to chat to without giving that kind of advice... Or just, you know, to sit with you whilst your little one is climbing over you to yeah. have a chat that actually just brings you down and brings you back into a calmer place. Because 100%, it can really, it can be really tough. Yeah. And so, I'd, and you can get into a situation where you are feeling quite overwhelmed with it. Mm, definitely. But definitely. And, and again, there are times when you are going to have to leave them. Of course. So you may need to go to the, you know, to run errands, or you may need to go to the doctor, or you may just need... If um, a child was at nursery kind of like, let's say, quite a few days a week because Mm -hmm. somebody's at work or, you know, whatever reason, um, could could a child get separation anxiety from the nursery person? Um, it can. It probably wouldn't be to the same extent because you're not one-on-one no okay Uh, you can sometimes find it with things like such as a childminder Mm -hmm. and you absolutely can find it from a nanny yes perspective um i actually had that in one of my nanny jobs oh did you yeah and it was it was really hard but the little one became incredibly attached but i was there all day providing for those needs and so it wasn't a preference no that it wasn't a case that he particularly loved me more than mum it was just Here's my survival. Yeah, she's, she's the one day, that, yeah. So she can do it. And then by the end of the weekend, it normally swapped back the round. The other way and, around, yeah. Um, yeah. So it is, you know, that natural emotional development that goes on. Yeah, so I suppose that's the comfort, isn't it? That actually it's a phase, it will move on. And, but I mean, if it carries on, in fact, it did carry on with mine. And that was probably because I hadn't necessarily met those needs potentially or always it might just be that you know i was a child who found separation really hard from my parents Mm. right the way through actually i used to find it quite difficult when um i used to have to go on maybe like sleepovers and stuff like that weirdly i i would still find that separation Mm. and i'll openly admit even now if we go on holiday yeah. that saying goodbye I'm going on holiday and my age and everything else but it's still that yeah. whole oh okay bye. bye yeah 
and obviously I'm not crying and things, but it w- it was a real yeah. Well, I, and I always remember, you know, like even at school, um, one of mine, you know, really, really breaking their hearts just because I had then it is really hard as a parent Mm -hmm. you know to leave them and and you have to trust that they're going to be okay don't Mm -hmm. you and And very often they are fine Mm. after and I think one of the things that we can tend to see in this phase with regards to approach is overexposure so it's kind of going the more I keep leaving the room the more I keep going out the more they'll adjust to it Mm -hmm. Um, I wouldn't suggest overdoing that mm. because that's a lot of separation moments. What well, kind of go. like thinking, oh, if I do it in short, sharp bursts every It's kind not of... even that. I, I've watched, you know, sometimes people going, I just keep leaving the room. Oh. So I come back. Oh, now I'll go to the bathroom. Hello again. Bye-bye. Hello. So the, yeah. the more you do it, they get the more used they get used to it. To it. Actually, what it does is it puts them on high alert because it's like, how many times are you going to? keep coming and going yeah and actually I can't keep having you keep coming and going and so there's gentle exposure so it's like I'm going to the bathroom I'm coming back when you come back it's like see I came back I'm here and so using those words even with young babies even Mm -hmm. before you hit this stage if you're listening before this stage has even kicked in saying to them I'm just going here and I'm going to be back and when you come back I'm back. Talking is really important, isn't it? So important because actually they trust you. The trust and trust and, you know, separation anxiety go quite closely together. And so if your little one trusts that you go, you come back. And I think for older children who potentially find separation quite tricky, be honest with them. Mm. Um, I worked with a family once and they were talking to their child and saying because they found separation really tricky you know we'll be back in five minutes yeah well this child had a good understanding of what around five minutes would be Mm -hmm. but they didn't come back for five hours oh and so because they didn't want to upset it was in the best possible yeah of course yeah but it's a bit like this whole sneaking out isn't it this whole like well if they don't see you then it's fine because they won't really notice yeah but if you imagine suddenly you're, you know, you're there and then suddenly your your main carer, your parent or yeah, whoever disappeared. has disappeared, you're not going to just sit there and go... Mm. You've literally no idea when they're coming back no. then, have you? So when they come back, your next time, when you see them even go to move from the sofa, yeah, they're going to go, where are you going? I always try and keep in my head that like meerkat, you know, oh, when they're yeah. up on there the and they're looking around and it's kind of where are you going what are you doing mm-hmm. are you coming back how long are you going to go and so the more you talk the more you explain the more you give that reassurance mm-hmm. but also you know are there moments where you don't need to have that separation during this phase so if you need to go to the kitchen to make dinner can they come with you is there a safe place for them to go so if they're older and they can play on the floor Empty the kitchen cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Or if they, you know, if they need to be in a safe space, can they be on in the high chair next to you with some toys? So that actually you're not overexposing them mm. to it. Um, and gently doing things. So it might be that you have a family member who comes round to the house 
and you literally just pop out to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and you come back and you're like I'm here I'm back you know and gently expose them to other people that's absolutely fine and it doesn't need to be a rushed thing no and I think it's attuning to them mm-hmm. but I would then kind of caveat it with be careful not to kind of change your whole approach yeah so that everything changes so it might be that you are finding I don't know bedtime's really tricky yeah because they don't want to separate so instead of two stories you do ten because actually they're they're happier and you keep going and you think actually by the time you get to 10 they'll be fine mm-hmm. what it's done is it's elongated that process and what they're going is well hold on we normally have two stories now I'm having 10 why is things changing and actually adding in unsettled changes to when they're already slightly more kind of on high alerts they're going to be like hmm what's going on whereas if you can keep as much of a routine and a balance to what you're doing the more settled your child will feel so it may feel strange to kind of say keep in those mm. kind of those boundaries around certain things but it actually makes them feel it's much more safe and secure because we were talking weren't we um to somebody the other day about how just keeping that constant dialogue with your child mm-hmm. and although you think to yourself well do they really understand but if you're actually keep you constantly talk to them about what you're doing and why you're doing it mm-hmm. so we're, we're having because we always have two stories don't we and then what do we do after that mm-hmm. we go we, we go perhaps we go and brush our teeth or we go to, we go to bed or whichever order you do it in mm-hmm. that's kind of gives them that security and then they if you do it every night they know that that's the next thing coming don't they and the more consistent you can be and the more you know you keep certain things the same Mm -hmm. your child feels safe and secure at a time when they're trying to work everything else out so if everything changes at a time at bedtime when you are going to disappear yeah and that can be really hard and no one wants to end their day with a little one who's sad um, but sometimes because we then change our approach that causes them to get upset because mm-hmm. they're confused Yeah, I think we probably should do a whole podcast on bedtimes and separation anxiety because that's probably a well bedtimes in general is quite a big topic isn't it, it? Is. So, yeah. So, so yeah separation anxiety can continue it's not something and it will peak and trough so what other things can you do one thing that I love which I think mm-hmm. I read in one of the blogs that you wrote, is that cuddle quota thing, yeah. you know, making sure that, because that's what they're craving, is that touch and be you oh, being exactly. close, that you're making sure that you actually build that in. Mm-hmm. And so if you do have to go somewhere, or obviously at bedtime and things like that we've spoken about, um, they don't feel that they haven't had enough contact mm-hmm. with you. It's filling that cup, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you're feeling a little bit, vulnerable if someone comes along and offers to give you you know whether it's a hug whether it's just time Mm. it helps fill that kind of emotional cup it does and then you're like okay i'm feeling a bit better now actually and so putting some of that in through your day one-to-one time Mm -hmm. which 
kind of goes across anything we talk about but that 10-15 minutes of just total uninterrupted time between you and your little one no chores no phones no this you know just be for both of you actually yeah um it can really help um and like i said don't keep leaving the room no but when you don't sneak away (laughs) um always say goodbye and so many people say it makes it worse and because they get so upset then and i do you know i i can see that Mm -hmm. and that's in the short term you think it's that's the case and it is you know potentially that but what happens is if you always say goodbye you build the trust Mm -hmm. and then they know that when you say goodbye you always come back and you always greet them with a i came back Mm -hmm. i'm here and so what it does is it just sets that in their heads that it's okay that always happens. But you've always said not to elongate the goodbye because no. that because that can make it worse. Then can't it? It can. And if you know, I kind of relate it to the whole if you're at an airport and uh, yeah. someone's leaving yeah. and you don't know how long for. Yeah. Because you you know yeah. they've they've taken a one way ticket say, and you're saying goodbye to them, but then their flight gets delayed. So you'll stood there for even longer and then you might go for a drink together or you might just sit there and you're elongating it. It makes that separation even harder. And so sometimes it's a case of just having your kind of set phrase. I love you. I'm coming back. I'll see you after lunch, dinner, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I'll see you later. Bye bye. You know, and so it's very clear. You say it each time and they may get upset. You start saying it, but it's more that they're getting upset because they don't want you to leave. Yes, exactly. And I think there's a big expectation that our children should always be fine when we leave them. Mm. And it's a bit like, well, actually, they're just a bit upset. And yeah. they may always be a child that finds that moment. Yeah. I used to have little ones who come into nursery sobbing, going, I don't like nursery. Yeah. And you'd see the parent practically, you know, in tears as well. And then there's a big question mark over, are they happy? And nine times out of ten, there would be the occasional child that, you know, took longer or there was something not quite fitting. But nine times out of ten, it'd be like, parent walk out the door, and the child's like, deep breath, right, what should I play with now? And the parent would ring me and go, how are they? Are they okay? (laughs) I'm sat here in the car and I can't leave. And it's like, no. No, they're actually yeah, fine. fine. Currently tucking into snack and completely happy. Yeah. And they're like, are you sure? And yeah. Like, yes. And I would never lie to a no, parent. No. I would always say if they're struggling to settle. But it's just sometimes we have to appreciate that that moment of saying goodbye might just be hard for our children, mm-hmm. for certain children. Some Some children just don't, and probably never necessarily like being on their own that much either because I know that I never wanted to be on my own ever Mm. and I still I'm not I mean I'm all right at it but I'm not particularly good I'm I'm okay if I've got lots of different things to do but if I'm on my own and I'm a bit like oh no Mm -hmm. and I know my children well one of them loves being on their own and the other one you know we we're going out this evening and I was taking one of them and the other one's like, uh, I'll come because they don't want to be on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that pe- personalities are different as well, Absolutely. aren't they? And you have to remember that 
that everyone's different Mm -hmm. and in the same way that not everybody has separation anxiety not everybody loves being on their own all the time either so Yeah. yeah it's it is tricky but I think the important thing to remember is that it is normal it's completely because you don't feel like it is I have to say if you're the only parent which sometimes you're the only parent at playgroup or something like that and you're the only one that's got a child hanging off your neck then it can feel really really hard Um, but it's actually kind of having that kind of dialogue with yourself of going you know what they're gonna sit with me probably they may sit with me for a couple of months Mm. and we go to the same group and they just sit there but it's not that they're not getting anything from it they're watching the other children yeah they're experiencing all that actually it's it's a good experience they don't have to no no i remember you know taking a little one to music class and we used to go with a couple of other nannies and their children and my little one he just he just would not join in (laughs) just sat on my lap head down wouldn't join in at all and it was every enticing him with everything and anything and nothing Yet we would step out of that music class and he would sing all the way home. Oh, the songs that you'd sung? Yes. Oh. And then he'd go and get his musical instruments and do them in the living room. Oh, so he would have his own little group. He would do his own thing. And and I was like, is he getting anything out of this music class? And he was. Yeah. He just had to be sat on my lap he and did. he didn't want to invo- you know, engage. However, he was learning from it. He was getting something out of it. He just decided that it would all be better in the car on the way home be a great story if you told me he's like a musician now he's not but weirdly incredibly sociable oh yeah and loves being part of being with people yeah and goes off and is incredibly independent and incredibly kind of adventurous so yeah and that's and i, <laughs> and think, I would have never yeah. said he was an adventurous child when he was little because he had such a a lot of separation anxiety from all of us um and now although you know he's older now and not older now and but still so that almost is the moral of the story isn't it it is that actually separation anxiety is a phase and it doesn't mean that your child is never going to leave your side no and i would also say i think in an element really secures a relationship with your with your parent yeah. carer yeah i do i think there's an element where if you're providing that real attachment and that reassurance actually again if you look at it you're preparing them for life mm. of different relationships you're preparing them for different separations as they go through mm-hmm. life because that's what happens yeah. they're going to have to leave school friends they're going to have to leave and actually it's kind of building a resilience but not a resilience in that they have to go through it and try and work it all out. If you're there and you're reassuring and you are, you know, giving that comfort and that, you know, all of those things and all the other things that we talk about in the blogs, I would say, you know, do check out those because we've got quite, we've got a whole section. A chunk of separation anxiety Um, blogs. And so lots of hints and tips. But I think if you can see it as you're helping them to emotionally regulate Mm -hmm. and build, you know, build those relationships as they get older then I think it helps. Yeah. And to know that it will not be forever. No. So I think that's us. Yeah, I think... Separation anxiety covered. I know.
well, there's lots of it. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of elements, isn't there? And I think it? don't ever feel guilty if you do have to leave your child yeah. and they're going through That's this. Important. Because every you know, a lot of people have to work. A lot of people have a family situation that means that they may have to make those separate. It is not going to be hugely detrimental to them as long as again you come back you're consistent you offer up all those you know times when you can give those cuddles and that reassurance then they will be absolutely fine it's just you know what works for you and your family at the time but just looking at it from your little one's perspective as well where they are in their development that's everything for today thanks for listening If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode and please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Team and everything in between. See you then. See you then.